It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we delve into all of the episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. We're, we're having a two-guester today. Uh, returning is, is Luke. Hi, Luke. Yo, what's up? It's your boy. There we go. And in the same room, we've, we've got Mercy. We're not all Zoom today. Hi, Mercy. Hello. Um, so, Luke, you wanted a good episode. You, you You've you brought on your lady for the good episode. Well, I should ask, is To Serve Man a good episode for you? I thought, I thought, I, knowing the twist in advance, I was like, I literally said to Mercy before I watched it, she's like, oh, is it going to be scary? I'm like, I don't know if this is a famous one because it's good or a famous one because it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> as it was, I thought it was really good. Um, okay. I think they actually did it well. It wasn't as ridiculous and cheesy as I'd imagined. And uh, Mercy, you said you've done the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, as we were talking yeah. before I hit record. Have, have you done the show itself before? No, it was my first time. Oh, okay. First impressions? Yeah. Um, the tension is incredible. Um, so I had no idea what the episode was about. It 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 rang a bell because I saw the the little house of terror. What's the, the Simpsons. Simpsons? Yeah, the Simpsons episode. I saw it in Spanish, of course. But I kind of like I was like, that rings a bell. Um but wow, like the the whole episode was like, yeah, we're here to help you guys. But it was like, nah, the tension was there. So it kept me tense for the whole episode. And at the end, I just turned to look like, oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. Funny. Yeah, I, I do think I probably saw the Simpsons version of this multiple times before I even saw the Twilight Zone. Because uh, I've said before, when I was growing up, what was on TV for me was the 80s version. So it took me quite a while to actually get to the proper 60s version. And the Simpsons had already done it, right, for a few of them, <laughs> at least from, from my perspective. But one of, the, one of the reasons when you told me I was doing this one, I wanted to get Mercy on, um, she got me to read her favorite author, um, Amparo Davila. Davila. Mm. <laughs> and she, it's a bunch of short stories, and some of them had a real Twilight Zone feel ah you're right they were yeah. like they were just like these weird little dark mm. horror stories or strange stories little, little nuggets of mystery and one of them was about eating these little people that scream yeah <laughs> so it's my favorite short story ever so yeah, like, okay i'm on for this one it's like where one of my uh high school um science teachers taught us about how the grass screams when you when you step on it i don't remember his reasoning but everybody was like really disturbed because of that you know <laughs> yeah trees do communicate their pain yeah yeah secret life of plants all that but uh yeah i remember no he had a you know he was a scientist he had a he had a good scientific explanation for that right Matt, don't don't expect me to believe that because he's a science teacher in america that means he knows what he's talking about <laughs> 
Uh, okay. Uh, actually, I'm, this, this guy was also a family friend, and I'm I'm going to uh, credit him with being one of the better people ever. But uh, just just to add a little weight to, to that <laughs> statement. <laughs> that's that's a that's a strong compliment. One of the better people ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it too. So, <laughs> um, trivia on this: the original air date was March second. 1962 happy negative 17th birthday to me um the script is by rod serling and adapted from to serve man by damon knight so this if you caught a whiff of short story on this yeah you did (laughs) that's where it came from very different in some ways actually um i've read it like two years ago and um also good different in many ways but Richard L. Bear continues his prolific directing bent in the Twilight Zone. He's already had several this season, and he'll be back for a few more. This is his main uh, gig as a director. Lloyd Bachner played Michael Chambers, born Canadian. He appeared in movies produced from both sides of the border, including Point Blank and Satan's School for Girls. (laughs) I want to go there. Yeah, you see that title, you just you can't not add it to the list, right? <laughs> I wondered if he was a radio guy because his voice Incredible. was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have one more sentence for you on him. Sorry, that you'll like this. Uh, he'd later appear on the primetime soap Dynasty. You don't care about that, but he voiced uh, several characters for multiple Batman animated series in the '90s. Uh, the animated series, and uh, I think whichever one chased that Batman uh, Beyond. It had to be before 2005 because he died in 2005. So, mm-hmm. uh, all of the Canimates are played by Richard Keel. While this role is certainly one of his claims to fame, he is, of course, best known as the henchman Jaws in the Bond films. I the spy thought that who was Jaws. Me and Moonraker. That was Jaws. And, of course, he's also Mr. Larson in Happy Gilmore, if anybody cares about that. I do. Jaws was the one I remember we were on, um, we were talking on Messenger. As I put the TV on, oh, it. Yeah. and I showed you him biting through the wire, and you were like, "Oh, now I'm going to have nightmares." <laughs> so he was well, the alien. Well, oh, he apparently, was the alien. I was going to ask who, the, who was the alien. <laughs> apparently, it gave me nightmares last night, as as we were also talking before I hit record. <laughs> Not <laughs> nightmares. You weird, the weird movie before I didn't have any nightmares, but mm. I could have. I was really close, <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, yeah, I just bam out at, like the light, and then woke up again. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> The voice you're hearing, though, is not Keel, but Joseph Ruskin. He will later appear in the episode The Man in the Bottle and also showed up on the Time Tunnel, The Outer Limits, and Get Smart. But what gets my attention are his many Star Trek appearances, including Gout in the TOS episode The Gamesters of Triskelion, multiple roles as Klingons and Cardassians on Deep Space Nine, a Sona officer in Insurrection, a Vulcan on Voyager, and a Suliban on Enterprise. That means he appeared in every iteration of Trek before his death in 2013. Well, not the Kelvin verse if you're counting that, but that's that's really TOS-ish, right? <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, I want. He hasn't got past TOS yet, so no, not yet. <laughs> I'd love to have that claim to fame. There's not many people that have that claim to fame where they were on every version of Star Trek. So, I mean, I, I'm not even any of the main actors, you know. So, <laughs> wait, well, technically. Um... Michelle Roddenberry, Major yeah. Roddenberry. Yeah, I guess technically she is because she's, but not necessarily <laughs> on screen. 
Patty was played by Susan Cummings, born in Germany. Her family had gotten the hell out of there in 1938, and Susan would make those 1960s guest rounds with familiar destinations such as Perry Mason and Gunsmoke. It's always Gunsmoke with the Twilight. Yeah, Gunsmoke, I never heard of Gunsmoke before you did this podcast, and I hear it every single week. <laughs> I know, that's because when I see it, I'm like, I can't not say Gunsmoke now. It's it's like how our, our buddies over at uh, Mission Log can never leave out if they showed up on the love boat or uh, call check the Night Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go with observation. I, well, you want to go straight... Well, Here's something I noticed watching it last night, which maybe I hadn't noticed before. Uh, mm. I wondered if this was actually. I like the episode, great episode, but I, I, my clunky writing alert went off just a little bit last night because we have extensive narration from Michael Chambers, but we still also get Rod. That our... was weird. They had the Chambers one coming right before Rod did seem weird. Because I was thinking for a minute, oh, is Rod not going to show up this week? Because this guy I did for a second. job, yeah, which would have been fine, you know, give, give him a week off. He doesn't like being on camera anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> he wrote he, it. He was, like first thing, right? Yeah, he appears right at the well, like he did in that one, right at the start, and then right. The so the format is usually him introducing the story, and then the story begins. Right? Well, no, no, there, there'll be like a, a a couple of minutes of the story, and then he'll come in and be like. What you just saw is a family on the edge, oh. on the edge of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I wow, see. So generic. That's great. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but did the, you you notice that? Okay. Anyway, I was just like, well, yeah. I when the end credits or the start credits said based on a short story, I was like, that makes sense because there's loads of narration and this story is moving really fast to squeeze it into a twenty minute TV show. Yeah, I mean, all in all, this does cram quite an, a pretty epic tale into 25 minutes, you know? Michael Bay took, what, two and a half hours with the island, so. Yeah, but he got the twist out of the way quite early so that he could just have car chases. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's what I respect about the island. <laughs> um, this one is kind of like, you know, more like our happy, happier Independence Day, happier the day the Earth stood still. Uh, although I should note that the incoming UFO shots are from the day the Earth is still where that weird stop motion thing at the end is mm. from uh, Earth versus the flying saucer. So I, I did wonder, I'm, I'm pretty sure they didn't pay for both these flying saucer effects just for this episode. I guess, you know, by the end of season three, they're getting very good at recompiling material because the score is also very good in this episode. It's Jerry Goldsmith. It's all from older episodes that he scored. So. He, he didn't actually, you know, do anything directly for this episode, but it's a nice fit. Like um, the some of that, that first thing with like there's like a harpsichord or something in it. Like dun, dun, I was like, that's a, that's a great piece of music. So um, mm. not not that people don't respect Jerry Goldsmith as a composer anyway. But <laughs> how does this rank in your uh, alien pantheon with the Canimates? They all look like Jaws. They all, you know, on Blu-ray. Oh, you can see we, we were really impressed with the makeup. Mercy actually turned to me and was like, wow, the makeup's amazing. Yeah. I said, yeah, it is. And we've had some bad aliens on this show. I, so. I only wish I could see him in, like, in full color because it makes me wonder how, what color did they choose for the shadows or like on his on his forehead, things like that. Oh, he, might, he might have been fully black, blue or green or whatever. That, that's why I was like, oh, that would be very interesting. Also, the shoes were great. <laughs> I looked at the shoes and they were looking like he he took a couple of steps when they were in the U like in the United Nations 
mm-hmm. assembly, right? And I was like, ooh, okay. Hopefully that thing wasn't like, it looked a little bit flimsy, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was like the way the material moved against the light. But I was like, well, it caught my eye immediately. And it reminded me a little bit of uh, aluminum foil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it was good. I was like, I mean, Slay, I want them. My eyes kept going to his face, though, because he has such a weird out of it yeah. face. I mean, it just looked yes. like it looks like nobody's home. The voice doesn't match. It's maybe like the candidates have not used their faces for like millennia or something. Mm-hmm. Except for yeah, it kind of makes sense yeah. if they're like a psychic race or whatever. The lights are on, but nobody's home, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's what yep. it looks like. Yeah, you're right. That's what it looks like. Yet somebody is home, which is just, yeah, kind of kind of weird. So mm-hmm. <laughs> our favorite bit of his performance was because <laughs> I knew the twist going in and Mercy didn't. So when they're getting on the spaceship and they're weighing everyone and the fat guy gets on and he gives it the big grin. <laughs> so at the end, when we'd seen the twist, I, I rewound and we rewatched that part. I thought that the reason why they were weighing everybody was because, you know, you know how you when you get into an airplane, they gotta weigh your your luggage. Yeah, I was like, well, maybe something like that. Maybe you know, um, interstellar travel still <laughs> needs those limits. Maybe. <laughs> well, there's been recent controversies on some airlines where they were actually weighing passengers. So, uh, oh because, yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah, seen all that stuff around. Yeah. So especially now, it it doesn't. It's, it seems weirder in 1962 than it does now. Like, you could see someone trying to pull that off now uh, pretty easily, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how you read the scam, uh, the alien scam, I mean. Because at the end, he basically is like, they're going to eat all of us. Where my take was the Canimates are not lying. The lie detector, maybe it did work. They are on Earth too you know, uh, share their technology and create a utopia there. And what they don't say is in exchange, we're going to get a few stacks or two. And I assume they'll keep it sustainable where, you know, these planets have a continuing population living very happy, like like cattle. Right. And they're just going to, you know, chow down when they, with, with while keeping things sustainable because they're almost enlightened aliens. Maybe. I don't know. What do, what do you all think? Is, is all of Earth about to get eaten or? Well, at the point we saw, they were only taking volunteers. Admittedly, they weren't volunteering to be eaten. It was but... a 10-year wait list. Yeah. No, no, it was a 10-year trip Oh, with a wait list. Oh, right, right, right. But yeah, so it was not like they were rounding up everyone. So maybe the plan wasn't to eventually eat everyone. I think that, I think like Matt, they could have been a little bit, I mean... For being, <clears throat> sorry, for being an alien race, super smart, they're not going that smart about this. That, <laughs> that's what I want to say. Like, listen, you want to be a little bit more inconspicuous, you know, like, okay, yeah, you're going to come visit. I mean, just a little bit. Not everybody, especially not women. <laughs> um, Stay there and have more babies, you know. Um, I would I would have been a little bit more, you know, subtle with the, like the what is it, like the amount of trips you can take. Mm. yeah a year maybe you gotta keep your you gotta keep your you know your cattle well fed and happy but also you gotta keep the population up mm. so or maybe like, they are just going planet to planet and they are going to eat everyone oh maybe they do have other planets going on also i was thinking what if they're not eating them so it's to serve man right right yeah what if they're not eating women it's mm. just men mm. 
yeah. so they do get their utopia on planet Canamit. They're just with, yeah. a, with a guilt complex. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> or what if they're having a, a, a party and it's just like a, like a very dramatic title, but they like, they take them to the, to the planet and it's like a cookbook. So you can help us cook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The well, that's how the Simpsons did it. Oh, all right. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Simpsons already did it. Okay. In the Simpsons one, like Lisa's like, oh, it's a cookbook. And then they wipe like wipe even more dust off the cover. And it's like, yeah, it's a cookbook for us to cook food for you. <laughs> and then they dump the Simpsons back on Earth for being ungrateful and thinking they were going to eat them. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched that one. I should I, every once in a while I think about here's the thing, I'll I'll binge a few Simpsons episodes every once in a while, but very few of the discs themselves like have the ti- episode titles on it, right? So it's always kind of a crapshoot which one I'm going to be watching. Well, I've been watching them all on Disney Plus. Ah, okay. So I'm doing my old man thing of putting DVDs in the DVD player and letting <laughs> letting it all up to chance which ones I watch. So, <laughs> I mean, you you target the better seasons, of course, right? But uh, mm. I mean, I don't have so many of the season five. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, that one not so much. I've seen those way too many times, right? So that might be where this one is, though, where they where they do the two serve man. No, it was it's in like season two. It's oh, like is it? First three houses of horror. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I definitely really... don't have them with order in my mind, but I do. But think that's, that's... I only know that because I really recently watched it. Do you think that's one of the main like bits of cultural like generational transmission to to keep the Twilight Zone kind of in people's minds? Like without yeah, because like um, to not to, this is to serve man. The other one. What's the 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 glasses one? This this podcast oh. after it. Time enough. Time enough at last. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that one from Futurama. Ah, the one the one episode that like really got stuck in my mind is well, which I don't know the name. I don't know the name of the episode, the title of the episode in the Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. but it's the one with like they're in an airplane, the super famous one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that yeah. one, um, nightmare I, at twenty thousand feet and or fifty thousand. Yeah. I always forget what the number is. Yeah, I learned <laughs> about it through The Simpsons. Mm. Um, and and I, like when I saw it, it made such an impression in my mind. I think I had nightmares that day. That and one yeah. we haven't done yet. I'm looking forward to it. It stars Kirk. Really? Yeah, he did a couple of Twilight Zones before Star Trek. Mm. Well, technically, we we have done it because we did talk about the movie version with uh yeah. with with what's his name? Oh God, Don't what is that. his name? Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's not one of those names you should forget. Ah, Seven thirty and more. I can for, I can forget a name or two. <laughs> yeah, there's a the Twilight Zone movie in the eighties. It's just all there's a Twilight Zone movie, but it's just like four stories from the old show, like oh, remade fun, by fun, directors. Uh huh. But it also like that movie's kind of cursed because one of the directors accidentally killed a family with a helicopter. What? Yeah. Nah. You could also just say one of the directors was John Landis, and that, that also <laughs> gives problems. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty problematic dude, but yeah, that was the start of it. Yeah, but there's three other segments that you can enjoy a, a little more, I guess. <laughs> I will be pleased. Hmm? Very happy. Yeah. Could, could aliens arriving actually bring the world together and and? make the militaries disband as they do in this episode. <laughs> but was, uh-huh. you were saying last night, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most unrealistic thing. Like, I believe that the governments would have been, I guess, happy, but the corporations would not be because it's like, oh, you're telling me I cannot profit out of people in need anymore? Huh? So they're gonna, they will do everything they can, like, 
um to get those to kick them them aliens out just because they will not be able to profit the way they have been doing for like years and years and years mm -hmm. yeah the aliens like like we do not see their their firepower if they have any but you sort of assume they might have a bigger stick so if, you know you could blow up the uh the, the corporate building sorry i didn't have like one on fresh on my mind <laughs> it's I mean, all right. yeah but they they would definitely try oh yeah yeah you get v or something i guess actually v is not too far off from this i guess where the aliens show up and pretend to be benevolent and they're they're actually like they're literal lizard people mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which on, on the more fun end of of conspiracies as opposed to not fun end there's there's always the idea that after Roswell, you know, like the president Eisenhower meets with the aliens in 1955 and makes a deal where they, they can, you know, probe people occasionally and, and we get technology slowly rolled out to us, which um, uh -huh. that this episode certainly made me think of that in, in, in the the theory. It's a, it's a long term thing. We're in here. It's a very quick thing. Um, That's big into old school conspiracy theories when it was more fun, hippie stuff rather than like depressing like yeah that sounds fun. that sounds way better than i don't know um, yeah. whatever q we say <laughs> you know? i was reading the other day about like a really fun cryptid as like from the japanese internet and i was like oh this is great good old-fashioned month and i get to like the oh yeah and it exists because there are too many whales now because the japanese government isn't allowing us to whale as much as we should <laughs> <laughs> And that's why this monster's appeared, because the sea has too many whales. Right. They just well, want to eat Yeah. They just want to eat them. That's another thing that this episode does. Keep reading. Read to the end so you know yeah. what the whole deal is. Because um, Michael and um, Susan's the actress, isn't she? Betty. Uh, mm. They just, once things seem to be fine, they just stop their translating job. Yeah. Also... It's their it decoders. Even make sense that they could translate the title and not the rest of the book, <laughs> unless the the title was written in like their characters in English and the rest of the book wasn't or something. That's absolute <laughs> nonsense. That somehow they could translate the title, but that was it. That's well, how translation works. The other thing that struck me and and as someone fluent in two languages at least, maybe more. Uh, maybe you can answer this. I, I feel like translating and decoding are completely different things. These are yeah. code breakers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I also, I, I thought like, why are they treating these like, uh, I mean, I guess languages are like in a way, like specifically if you don't know the, like an alien language. Yeah. If you're given, yeah. if you're given a language that no one around you can speak, it's different yeah. to like translating. That's true. Also, but also I was thinking, all right, it was a cookbook. Yeah. Right. So have you, have you seen a cookbook? Yeah, it's okay. been pretty obvious. All right, okay, okay. Ingredient exactly. list like, <laughs> It would have been pretty obvious. So makes me wonder, what is the format of this specific alien language? What is like, how do you not know? Or maybe it's like more a philosophical approach to cooking, where, yeah. where instead of being like one carrot, <laughs> one human is more like the humans want to be consumed or something. Maybe it's kind of like even like a, like a, how you call it? A manifesto of why you must uh, maybe, serve man. Maybe their cooking vibe is more just like maybe they're not so like specific with their numbers. It's more vibe based. Just like yeah, huh. use as much parsley as you as you feel. As you, yeah, 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 yeah. Like like you boil it your, for a bit. They... 
Use I wonder your hands if or not. <laughs> I wonder if the cookbook has pictures, like the dishes themselves. Like you wouldn't be yeah. able to yeah. tell there are people from that, right? <laughs> yeah. Betty opening the book and being like, hmm. That looks delicious. I want to I want to edit this episode. And then just whenever they're talking about the book, I'll cut in. We're opening it up, but it's literally pictures of people being like cooked in pots and yeah. sliced up. And then they're going, we just don't know what it means. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> you have to decode this. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, Luke, you and I are, are teaching kids with the, with the Mr. Wolf storybook right now mm. for, for small children, which I always there's they have a baby cookbook in there. And there's another page where there's like a baby in a pot. So. Um, in the way this episode tries to horrify the mature viewer, I like to use that to try and horrify the the kids because then you can use Mr. Wolf to eat them. So it's kind of like we're doing like this preschool version of the serve man, you know, on the regs. <laughs> I mean, they gotta learn young. <laughs> learn that the canimates are coming and they'll they'll that's be right. wolves, wolves in right. sheep's clothing. Yes. Eat or be eaten. That's life. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Something else that I told Luke. Now that we were talking about languages, mm. the Spanish guy, like I mean, the guy who was speaking Spanish, the Argentinian, first of all, Argentinian, I'm kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> but like it was a little bit wonky. So it makes me wonder. Um, I mean, of course, he was reading from somewhere. Right. But it's like who who told him that was that was OK. I don't know. That was very funny. Well, also, it's funny that he was allowed to just speak for the entirety exactly. of South America. Yeah, like in behalf of all South America, and he's like, "Okay, well, go off." But they all hate Argentina. Huh? They all hate Argentina. They wouldn't let him speak for them. No, I mean, first, well, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people in Latin America are very fond of. Right? They're famously we bully them a lot in Latin America. My my note for the whole, not when they're actually speaking different languages but when they're at the un and i was just these accents at the un seem to be problematic ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i do you think the one the argentinian guy was spot on do i sound like that no you're not argentinian so i don't know well, well yeah but he uh, was it was like, funny how he excuse had... me senor yeah he had <laughs> to be like senor and then the french guy's like monsieur monsieur, <laughs> monsieur uh, i was wondering kenamit <laughs> son yeah we <laughs> But yeah, the the French guy in, in particular was just like this is this is like Pepe Le Pew level uh, French accent. Say you are here to help us, but <laughs> has there been a murder? Been a murder. <laughs> so uh, as as for the Americanisms, one I heard in here that maybe I hadn't heard is uh, is that just some Kentucky windage? And I was like, oh, I gotta I gotta get that into my uh, regular work. No, the, one, the one he said is something like, um, well, that settles the cheese. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, that binds the cheese because my next note. Oh is yeah, that binds the cheese. Yeah, I thought cheese. it was very, very, very American. I really love the American expression. Just what was the other one that I was like, what is that? Something about a horse. Oh, like a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. But yeah, that one's fairly common. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <not> enough. <laughs> no. I'm well, it's a different hit rate for different expressions, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, at work the other day, Randy had never heard the term swan song. Which one? Swan song. What is that? That's like someone's final final work or whatever. You would say like some you would say like David Bowie, oh yeah, Black Star was his swan song. Swan as in a swan? Yeah. I think it's because uh, it's the last song in like Swan Lake or whatever. When you, you said you've it, heard, you've heard Bowie, the phrase swan song, right, Matt? Oh oh yeah, also Bowie and Black Star was my go to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you didn't say it, I was gonna say it. But he was like, "Oh, British English," and I'm like, 
No, man, just read books. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other plus for the Canamets is it seems they give you all the, you get all the cigarettes you want on their ship. That's nice, I guess. But that seems like bad on their part. You exactly. Don't want, you don't want a load of tar in the lungs of your next meal. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe some people, some some aliens do like some tobacco, you know, like the the, the aftertaste of tobacco. Or go back to the Simpsons, maybe they want tobacco in there. Oh. <laughs> they, they want some smoked spleen. It's a, it's a very yeah, popular delicacy right. on cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I was also thinking that they were like, oh, we don't want you to lose weight and you're grabbing him like this. <laughs> and I said, I mean, how much fat do you want? Like, in, like, and how much muscle do you actually want? Well, maybe they want it like, you know, like Wagyu human. Ah, okay. they so they, they, they're going to start like coming and like yeah. massaging him. <laughs> <laughs> also, does that particular candidate know that Michael knows what's happening? You know, he might think he's still being cheeky because it was just those yeah. two guys at the bottom. I don't know what their crew compliment is. It could be the same guy, but you yeah, because the one who the one who overheard them didn't actually get on the spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess all the those, ones on that spaceship don't know that he knows. All those candidates look the same. Uh, yeah. They're, they're Whoa, man. the same look. <laughs> <laughs> also, I noticed something. When she goes like, no, don't get in there. It's a cult book. No one else reacts. <laughs> like the people in the, in the like behind her are not like, whoa, maybe I should go. No. They just... probably just think she's a crazy lady. I don't know about that. <laughs> also, oh, yeah, he, he understood the context and everyone else is like, what? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They don't know she's a decoder slash translator. They don't know yeah, what, know there's what... No book that he left in there. Yeah, you're right. So just for a second, I was like, guys, come on now. Don't get in there. <laughs> also, we're watching the scene with the lie detector. And I was like, these are barely reliable on humans. Yeah, that was <laughs> my expect them to work on an alien. Yeah, my nose, you can barely trust lie detectors with humans. He could easily be gaming the system. But like I said, I like to watch this episode by thinking that the Canimates never lie. They just are leaving out some details. I I <laughs> thought that was how the episode was going to do it. And then he was saying stuff like, no, we have no ulterior motives and we're not going to hurt any of you. And it's like, mm. <laughs> that does. Yeah, I agree. That does uh, shoot down the theory a little bit. I almost wish like that hadn't been there just so. They, they could have written it in such a way that it was like, he was saying things which are technically true, yeah. and yeah. Also, the guy was walking around with a cookbook. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> the, the actual the goal of being like, there you go. Animals got to eat. <laughs> Maybe they're uh, really like a gourmet race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like part of their whole identity. Well, probably because if they're going to another to other planets to like, just to procure the best meats. Yeah, procure. <laughs> The best meats, <laughs> like Arby's, they got the meats. <laughs> Never been to an Arby's, but I know, I know the meats. <laughs> um, I guess we'll go ahead and hit these questions, uh, which I guess will be a surprise to Mercy in this case. But the first one is uh, deciding who exactly in this episode is going through the Twilight Zone. I think Chambers is the only one because he's the only one who knew what he was getting into. Betty, no, Betty, no, she didn't go on the spaceship. She didn't go on the spaceship, but she knows the deal. Yeah, so. So she watched him step into the Twilight Zone. Yeah, otherwise you'd have to argue that the whole human race went into the Twilight Zone in this episode. Patty, there we'll get the 
the name right. I was going to suggest probably the we can count the human race in this one. I mean, First Contact, which is mm. a sort of Twilight Zone. I mean, once I guess once you get past it, though, now it's the new normal, right? Once mm. aliens are among you, so it's almost Patty is like like a beef burger Patty, and I'm trying to think if anyone else's name was subtly a food thing. But I think it was. No. Is it is the internet a twilight zone? Life was very different before the internet, and the end result is a lot of people scream at each other for no reason. <laughs> I think it can be. You could definitely make a twilight zone exactly. episode you like could, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Black Mirror likes to push that farther, right? That's their whole shtick. Like, okay, we've already crossed this one barrier. How many more are we going to cross? Which, exactly. of course, the original Twilight Zone is nineteen sixty-two. They can't do that, but. Mm. Yeah, when Twilight Zone, the computers take a whole room. <laughs> yeah, and they're, you know, tape and punch cards. So tape if you're lucky. <laughs> um, let's focus it on Michael then. He is obviously who we're spending most of the time with in this episode and narrates. Uh, does he deserve his trip into the Twilight Zone? Um, yeah, because he shirked his responsibilities and didn't read that it was a cookbook. That was going to be my glib answer, yes. Yes, <laughs> he gave up a month ago. No, but if we're talking about the human race, then yes, I think we do deserve to have a taste of our own medicine after farming and eating animals for all these years. Which, how you feel about that? Does the human race deserve to be eaten? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it's very unfortunate that in this... I don't know, like, Luke knows that I have a really weird sense of... um. I don't want to say compassion, but sometimes I feel bad for the wrong people. We'll be watching John Wick and she's feeling really bad for all the goons he shoots. <laughs> and then we'll be watching Transformers 2 and they're like, they lined up all the greys with the flags and she's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, so, like, the way I always say it is, you care more about goons than these highly decorated US Marines. I, I know I brought it up before, maybe not with you, but the best joke in the original Austin Powers movie is on the cutting room floor. Um, after Austin Powers kills a goon, and you can find on the DVD, there's a deleted scene where someone goes and informs that goon's family that he's died, and it's like played as very dramatic oh with you know God. like dramatic music and stuff, which is not in the final cut of the movie, but you can watch as deleted scenes. That so. would destroy me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I I think I do feel bad for the people who went there, and like I'm thinking, how many kids got in those um. Um, spaceships, uh, how many families, how many families were separated, you know, mm. how many... Um, oh, yeah, if we actually arguments. saw what was going on at the end of the planet, and it was, it would basically have been, like, imagery of the camps, right? So yeah. there's a reason they don't show that yeah, side I of it know. in the episode. I know, I know. It would massively change the tone. Yeah, I well, know, but I'm like, I guess I do feel bad for people because we want to believe in good, right? Mm. As a race. Like, you, I mean, we... Like there was, there was this. I, who was this? Cham Chambers? Who was saying this? I don't know. He was like, um, "We as a as a race, we believe more like um, violence and right. We're not used to yeah. We're not used to kindness like this. Just like giving to us, just just because. Mm. But I think I, I don't. I don't think so. I I, I, believe I think Americans are not used to that. Mm. Our friend Matty, he's mm. always looking for the scam whenever anyone offers him anything. Right. He's like, how are they trying to get me? And I think that's. And I mean, that is some. Uh, that's a way that my parents have taught me to be as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, being raised, born and raised in Mexico, 
it's also a thing like people want to get take advantage of you all the time mm. so you always have to like if they someone wants to do something good for you you gotta know like okay so what's what's the deal here so imagine like we have an alien race coming here they want to better our society better better our lives and our future And they're like, and also you can come, you can just hang. You want to hang? <laughs> and he's like, sure, I, of course I want to hang. That would be great. Thank you. Like, you want to believe in good? And then turns out, no, they want to eat you? Of course, I, I feel bad. <laughs> I don't like that. But I mean, so no, I don't think we deserve it. I was going to submit that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that uh, I do like, uh, it occurred to me, yes, he deserves it because he shirked his duties. But I would also say this is maybe one of the more popular episodes because like time enough at last, it kind of doesn't really deserve it. You're just watching someone have a pretty horrible fate. And again, I we I did not like Mr. Bemis very much in time enough at last, but you still feel sorry for him in the end because it's such yeah. an absurd fate. And so is this, you know, yeah. <laughs> is, is Michael yeah. Chambers like a really charismatic guy we all love. No, he's just kind of there on the screen for the most part. He's got a good voice. I mean, he's not even like making you like facepalm like Mr. Bemis does, but yeah, he just gets such a raw deal out of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might not be real for long. <laughs> yeah. We don't know how they like to. Maybe it's true. We don't know how what to serve man recommends. <laughs> they got books for that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If they were just going to eat them raw, they wouldn't eat a cookbook. Maybe, Maybe they... that's why they didn't see it as a cookbook, because it just says, yeah, chuck them down your gullet. They're good to go. <laughs> Maybe they want some sashimi. Maybe they want to have some, you know, carpaccio. You don't know. There's many recipes in the book. So. That's right. <laughs> Let's put this one on the tripometer. Zero is not trippy at all. Five is extremely trippy. Uh, what's your number? Where would you like to put this? Or what interesting noise would you like to give it? So I'm going to take, usually I don't like to give Matt a number, I just give him a noise. I'm going to do something even more challenging for an audio podcast. My trip I meet a rating is just that face he makes when the fact I gets on the scale. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well, he's really imagining him like in a good stew. Yeah. I can't imagine too many people are listening to this and have not seen the episode. And if, you, if you are that if person, hello, can. welcome. If you can, please try and make that screenshot the episodes. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little hard to find. I, well, this one, I should have quite a few to choose from. There are some episodes where I, it's a, not not so many good grabs. I mean, I'm too lazy mm. to do it myself. So, <laughs> What's your tripometer rating, Mercy? Um, I think it's a very strong three. Okay. That's, yeah. Uh, it's... Right. It can if if you really like sit down on the episode, it can be horrifying. But I mean, if you just see it like as it is, I think it's a good like strong three. It could be a four, but it's a it's a three. I think I would go with four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you found it. I, that picture comes up very quickly. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> anyway, I was gonna give it a four, and I think this is my own bias. Uh, recently, we've had a lot of like hillbilly and redneck and western episodes and for me that kind of thing drags down the trip of mirror scores for me whereas you know anything mm. aliens and ufos in space that bumps it up a little bit so i sort of agree with your three but because of my personal biases i i have to go up to four for my yeah. my personal uh take on this episode good one. That's a good one 
Uh, does anyone have a final thought they want to throw out on this one? The Here's the though. question. Huh. If if someone died of natural causes and consensually said that you could, would you try human meat? What they die of? I don't know. Got hit, kicked by a horse. Okay. Mm. Probably not. I think I. You know. I, I mean. I think there is just a weird back of the skull feeling where you 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 know if someone if someone said hey you just ate a dude and it was delicious i'd be like oh that was interesting um you know i i did eat whale and we i won't go for the five timer story on that but i actually ate proper whale meat thank you as magro in that case it was not good so i did not want to eat more but i, I did eat the whale accidentally uh so i haven't i don't think i've eaten the dude accidentally yet so yet yet i mean yet. we've eaten mcdonald's burgers we almost certainly have eaten a dude accidentally there's the there's this thing in mexico right where uh you can go to a taqueria to a place where you can have tacos and sometimes the taquero the, the person who does the tacos doesn't tell you that the meat is from dog like there's been cases of like they don't have money for meat, so they just get dogs from the street and and, and cook that. So it's like uh when the tacos are really bad, they call them tacos de perro mm. because they're like really bad. The thing is that maybe some people have eaten a dog without meaning to, right? And what I'm trying to say is that if if someone gives me some tacos and tells me, yeah, they're from dog, I would say, absolutely not. Thank you. I will not mm. want to. And if someone comes to me and tells me, oh, here's some guy. I would say absolutely not, thank you, because of the ethical um, turmoil that it would um, cause inside of me. But if someone gives me a taco and doesn't tell me, I would eat it. Well, you don't know. Uh, Nagano will eat a fair amount of horse, and it's I was about to say there was a delicious. big obviously in the UK when uh, we accidentally ate loads of horse. Accidentally, <laughs> uh, one of the frozen food companies was like surplus, like you were saying with the dog. They uh -huh. were, they were replacing their beef with horse. And it went on for a while before anyone found out. So, I, but I will throw out that Nagano's basashi, the the raw horse meat, is is quite good. I think I still haven't tried it. You uh, have you been? I've had it at one of the work things actually. I don't think we've had it at a work thing, but if you do stay at a Rokan, um, usually mm. Nagano they'll usually serve it as one of the courses. And uh, near Weta Station, sorry, this is a, just the station I live kind of near. There's an udon place where I ate there five times before I learned that the, the meat in their udon actually is horse. So mm. that's cooked horse in that case. It's not it's not the raw horse. Um, oh, wow. That is. But, I, yeah, that's fascinating. So if you all want to go eat some horse, I can I can send you to a place. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go to Weta and see literally see a man about a horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I, I do have a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Remember that at the end of the episode, Chambers goes like, are you here with me in the ship or are you back on Earth? Where mm -hmm. are you? I I probably would have gone on the ship. Oh, I come think on. I'd be on I've the always ship. said like when aliens land, I'll be like, hell yeah, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lose my boyfriend to some... You say you want to go with me? Absolutely not. You don't want to go on the spaceship? No. What? I don't like space. I like space. But like like ocean like the ocean, I like looking at it. I don't like going there. Well, this is really UFO. It's not like a rickety old rocket. But my brother in Christ, <laughs> that's scary stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's what's the deal around. I don't know if I can breathe in those rooms. You know, I'm too anxious for that. What about you? Um, I I think it's a similar answer for me where I go, and then my wife would be like, "Hell no, 
So <laughs> <laughs> I think my daughter probably would go, but uh, yeah, yep. I, I do think that they must have like a, you know, like 21 age. I mean, that's how you keep it sustainable. You got to be 21 to go, right? That way mm. you're still, or you can make it a Logan's run 30, you know, that way every, you can have uh, people continuing the populating the earth and then it'd be like, where are all the oldies going? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Retirement home. Grandpa. Yeah. That'd be better in Logan's run and Logan's run. They're just, you know, exploding. We're here. At least they're getting used. The, re the resources are not wasted. So this could be preferable. Logan's run. You mm -hmm. live on, a, you still get to live in a utopia as earth is now. Um, and yeah, you turn 30 and, and then go get eaten without knowing it. Hmm. Well, see that'd be the conspiracy there'd be people on earth being like they're cannabis you're eating us and people would be like nah you're crazy <laughs> that's that's what's yeah, gonna there's, happen there's space. that planet is bigger than china oh yeah that soviet guy <laughs> fascinating I, I thought it was really interesting that the one who questioned their motives was the so-called communist yeah he had questions. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but like he, he was the one who seemed least willing to believe that they were just actually here to be socialists. <laughs> I guess because the tone of the episode has to make like the candidates maybe. Well, I guess we know from the outset something's wrong, but the tone needs to be that, hmm. you know, you, you wouldn't argue this offer. So who argues the offer? The, the, the damn Ruskies, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we'll close up shop for today. Um. Uh, Mercy, I know you create stuff. Do you want to send anywhere, somewhere on the internet? Um. Well, I'm mostly on Twitter.com, but maybe that site is like shutting down soon. I don't know. But just in in the meantime, I'm on Twitter.com. I create mostly anime related stuff, and I share about my life in Japan. So it's um Mercy Escribe. So that's M. Can you help me with that one? M-E-R-C-Y-E-S-C-R-I-B-E. -E -E. Thank you. Um, and also in Instagram. I, I That's where I post the most. Yeah. That's the reason I can I know your handle so well. I'm tagging you on Instagram all the time. Yeah. <laughs> as for his podcast, uh, Time Enough Pod is still that on Twitter, as you say, for the time being. We're on Facebook. And you can help us keep the lights on at Patreon at Podcastio. Podcastius, where we do... Other podcasts, there's Films and Filth. Luke and I talk about what are supposed to be the really good movies and what are supposed to be the really bad movies and uh, find interesting curveballs sometimes. Uh, there's the Occult Disney podcast where we talk about the weird side of Disney movies. And uh, Luke is the gamer, as Luke loves Pokemon, talking about each family of Pokemon each week. The game game show where the gamers game each other to win the game. And Hyrule Field Report, where Luke, you say you just finished Zelda. It's finished. No, I just finished the game. The podcast is about a hundred episodes from finishing. Don't oh no, no, that. no! I I meant the game. Yeah, sorry. It's a yeah. Big, sorry, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I definitely meant the game. But uh, that's, the podcast I mean, that's, done the first like dungeon. <laughs> I mean, that's like a life event for you. Put that on your Facebook, right? Finished. Yeah. Finished. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, it was. It did take me like hundred and fifteen hours. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where all y'all want to where do y'all want to go out and eat then? Um, we're probably going to go to Kurzushi, so. Yeah. I'm going to eat some popcorn, actually. I'm going to see Mission Impossible. Where yeah. Nice. Do, oh, not nice. Get, do not get eaten, I guess. 